when it comes to balancing home and family, there should be absolutely no balance. It should be completely unbalanced, more leaning towards your family. You're a man of strong passion, a warrior of great courage, designed and created to conquer, to crush it in singleness and marriage, to master fatherhood, finance, and health. You were made to reign in life. Gentlemen, welcome to the Made to Reign podcast. I am your host, Ray Dillon West. If you have been with us for a while, you are noticing that this podcast has a different name. We actually changed the name to the entire ministry. Our website is now madetoreign.org. Our Instagram, if you haven't followed us already, go ahead and get us there. It's at Made to Reign. We did that so I'm able to reach more people, open up opportunities in the future, and better serve different audiences. Now, this audience right here, Young men, fathers, husbands, leaders, sons, brothers. Guys, if you are a man, you need to be tuned into this podcast. And every man that you know needs to hear this. So guys, do us a favor. Do share this. And also, get on iTunes and leave us a review. It's so helpful for podcasts like these to be able to get some traction, to be able to get exposure just by getting a couple reviews. Now, I... uh, I feel a little bit out of breath. I just finished a workout this morning and I was so happy to be able to do it with somebody because I noticed that no matter how much I talk about grit and tenacity and stick to it in this, this morning was tough for me. I don't know if anybody else feels this way sometimes where you literally just don't feel yourself. You don't feel like you have the same amount of energy or motivation and there's gonna, those times come, right? That's just a reality. Like life wears on you. Things grind and grind and grind. And you kind of start to get to a point and a limit that you need to, uh, and, and that really signifies that you need to tone it back down and, and bring it down, get refocused. And luckily I had somebody there next to me that was able to push me. I had a man there that was able to motivate me along the way to push me up the hill that I didn't want to sprint across, to put me right back on the track that I wanted to avoid. And I was so grateful for that. And it just reminded me like accountability is so important. Accountability sometimes gets confused because we think it's somebody that we have to confess everything to. No, accountability is somebody that can account for your ability, somebody that knows you well, that's able to call things out of you that are inside of you when you're not acting like yourself, guys. So if you're on your own, if you're trying to do something by yourself, you know, there's a, there's a famous African proverb that says, if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go with others. Evaluate where it is that you want to get to and how far it is that you want to go and and check yourself. See, do I have somebody in my corner to push me? Because even though you might feel that motivation, that fire, the drive to keep going right now, times will come. Before we get to the show, I want to share with you some good news. We got a new patron added to the tribe. We got Blake Shields, who just recently came onto the dedicated tribe member tier. Thank you so much, Blake, for joining us. Thank you for imparting your goodness onto this ministry and for helping us get this ministry 100% fully funded by men like you guys before the year 2020 is over. If you want to go ahead and check us out on patreon.com forward slash made to rain, that would be so awesome. Now, let's get right into the questions. These questions are coming directly from Instagram people who DM me or who were active on my story and were able to leave some questions there. But if you did not get your question in, don't worry. Just go ahead and down below, click on the link, and it's going to take you to a place where you can drop in a question. If you wanted to say anonymous, just, just say so. My first question is coming from getlifted0121. He asked me, what is an appropriate balance between work life and home life? 
this question really comes from the fact that a lot of people say that you got to try to balance work and home, right? Like you got to keep it in this in between, like, so you can stay successful in one of them. But to answer the question outright, here's something that I've heard before, and I'm sorry, I can't give credit to who I heard it uh, to who I heard it from, but I will say that, um, it has helped me along the way. So I, I appreciate this wisdom being put out there and I hope it is wisdom for you guys. Now, when it comes to balancing home and family, there should be absolutely no balance. It should be completely unbalanced, more leaning towards your family. Now, that means that I have a work life that is important because I'm obviously feeding my family and I have a family life. Now, I know what a lot of you might be thinking, like, well, my work is what feeds my family. How am I going to completely ignore my work and and focus on my family? Well, it's all situationally dependent, right? Like I cannot always do this. Tomorrow I can get called to deployed and there's nothing that I can say about it. I literally cannot say I'm not going, this is not what I want to do. And I just, you guys go ahead. I'm going to focus on my family. And I wouldn't do that. That's not what I'm calling anybody to. However, I know that in four years, I'm going to get promoted to another rank and that rank is going to require much more responsibility. And that responsibility is going to require much more of me at work. And knowing that I can start making decisions and aligning myself in a way that is actually beneficial for my family. So it might look like me not staying in the military for 20 years. It might look like you not taking that promotion because it's going to require you to work 20 more hours a week. It's going to look like you not taking that job change because although it's going to pay you a little bit more and the perks are better, you are going to be traveling for three weeks out of the month and only home for a week. So in in that essence, I think that it's important to remember that everybody's situation is different, but at the same time, the priority has to remain the family because at the end of the day, when you are on your deathbed, you're never going to wish that you worked more. You're never going to wish that you locked more hours at work or that you closed more deals or that you spoke to more clients, but you are going to wish that you threw more balls with your son. You are going to wish that you took your daughter to more dates. You're going to wish that you took your wife on more vacations. And I, I'm looking at that now as a 27 year old and realizing that has to be my priority. And guess what? This is something I say all the time. doesn't matter who gets the credit for this quote, because not a lot of people know where it's coming from, but it says, stand for something or fall for anything. You either stand for the fact that your family is important to you or anything else that comes at you is going to be plausible and it's going to be reasonable and it's going to be something that's actually doable. So you're, you're going to be tempted by it. But if you have this established inside of you that there's always going to be this imbalance between your work and your family, you already know what it is that you got to do when there's a hard decision about taking a pay raise, getting promoted, taking a new position, going and opening a new branch, whatever it is. I hope that makes sense for you guys. Let's move on to the next question. Nick Griffin on Instagram asked me, how do I extend discipline and love to my children at the same time? Ooh. Okay, let me give some context. I have a five-year-old, a three-year-old, and a one-year-old. It's pretty cool because all their birthdays are in February and all their birthdays are within the same 13 days. So me and my wife did some really good planning. They're all two years apart. And uh, we've noticed that this discipline thing is getting a lot easier because of one single thing, consistency, right? Like we consistently keep disciplining our kids 
And so they, they know the rules, they know the structures. And this is really helpful because we actually live in a 40 foot RV right now. As I get ready to do a lot of my moving and all the transitions that I got going on in the military, we sold our four bedroom house and moved into an RV. But that wouldn't have happened if we didn't make discipline a top priority in our lives. Now, you're probably thinking, well, yeah, you're a military guy. You probably are a very disciplinarian kind of dude. And uh, it's easy for you to just demand structure. Well, guys, let me tell you, the foundation for parenting, the foundation for the parenting relationship is always unconditional love. And so a lot of people get this confused because I'm supposed to unconditionally love my child, but I'm supposed to discipline them. And I'm telling you there's benefits to discipline them, but sometimes you, you just want to love on them. And as this question is asking, it, it, you know, it's saying, how do you extend both at the same time? My answer to that is that when you extend discipline, you are actually extending love to your children. Because the thing of it is, is I mean, if you really think about it, um, All right, we'll keep going. That was a knock on the door. Uh, let's get Pope Kristen in with the same lighting. There you go. All right, had a knock on the door there. All right, we'll keep going. So, um, do, 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 do. I should have had this pulled up already, um, but we will go to Proverbs. Um, Proverbs, Proverbs 13. 24 Proverbs 13 24 um okay so um and it, I mean in the Christian verse for the now there's a famous Christian verse that always goes with this and it, maybe it's a little cliche but I'm still gonna read it here anyways it's Proverbs 13 24 it says he who withholds his rod hates his son but he who loves him uh but he who loves him he, it says, he who withholds his son hates, it says, he who withholds the rod hates his son, but he who loves him, it says, so uh, it's a little cliche, but here it goes. It says, he who loves his son, all right, uh, it says, he who withholds his rod hates his son, but he who loves him disciplines him. Uh, diligently. It says, he who withhold, man, okay, well, some time by Sidera. Ah. All right, here we go. Um, so that verse goes, so 13, uh, Proverbs 13, 24 says, he with, um, Proverbs 13, 20, Proverbs 13, 24 says, he who withholds his rod hates his son, but he who loves him disciplines him diligently. The thing is like, we have this confusion, like ingrained in our beings that says, if I'm being disciplined, I'm not being loved. For me, that is rooted in my upbringing. Every time that I was disciplined, I was shown that I wasn't being loved, right? I was disciplined in a way that was, hey, you did something wrong. You are that thing that you did wrong. I was being shamed. I was being blasted for some, you know, this thing or that thing. And I, it, 
I mean, really soon kids can pick up like I am a bad kid. You know, I, I, I am my mistakes. But when you do this in a way where your focus is the heart, it's always done to glorify God. A lot of times the brain will actually try to normalize experiences. So if I keep showing my children inconsistency in my discipline, they'll keep learning that, ah, well, I kind of get disciplined every now and then, or, ah, this is not really important. Then they'll start prioritizing what they have to listen to and what they don't have to listen to. So the worst thing that you can do in that situation is be inconsistent. Because you literally are just showing your child that this thing is, uh, well, just kind of halfway sometimes. Well, it's just how I'm feeling. But I know, I know this to be true whenever I go to, I have to spank my son and I don't feel like spanking him, but I know I have to, because I have to discipline him. And here's the last thing that I'll say about this question. I'm never disciplining my son to correct an action. I'm never disciplining my son to correct an action. I discipline him to correct a heart attitude. So my son can be jumping up and down and hitting his sister. And that's not what he's going to get disciplined for. It's the fact that he consistently wants to be hurtful or that he does not want to obey. His heart attitude is off. He is, he is wanting to be disobedient. And so I'm never trying to correct and to direct his actions. I'm trying to direct his heart to be closer to the Lord. Desi 3.0 asked, what are your top three most life-changing experiences? And when I wrote these down, it was extremely easy. And it's because I was just looking at the last decade of my life. I got married. I had kids. I joined the Marine Corps. And I'm like, well, that's a little bit too simple. Like, what would 18-year-old me have said were the most life-changing experiences up until that point? And I had to go back because my life in the first 18 years also had a lot of impact to, to project me to where I am now at 27 years old. And so I would actually say that my most life-changing experiences, top three, was coming to America, joining the Marine Corps, and getting married. So I, adding that first one in there was so important because, guys, I lived in a little small hut in the Dominican Republic. I literally lived in a place that is probably the size of your master bathroom. I couldn't make this up. I had a little tin roof over my head. I watched rats crawl across the beams. I had cockroaches crawl on me while I was sleeping. Our bed was literally butted up to our stove. And I slept with my sister and my mom in one little full-size bed. Like that's where I came from. And my mom met my stepfather and I actually got the opportunity to come here. That has been an amazing experience for me, primarily because I'm able to look back at my cousins, my uncles, everybody who's still in the Dominican Republic, I, most of my family's still there, and think, man, I am blessed. And I've actually been able to bless them because of the blessings that were poured out on me. And uh, so that's definitely been one of the most life-changing experiences, just getting out of poverty and getting the opportunities that I had, which led me into joining the Marine Corps. Now, before joining the Marine Corps, I had no structure, no discipline. My parents let me do whatever I want. I was just like a regular 18-year-old dude nowadays. I had no type of respect for authority. I kind of just didn't have any accountability, and I just was disrespectful, man. So finally joining the Marine Corps, I learned how to be a man. Then that was like one of the most impactful things ever because I was I was learning by actions, seeing people and learning that leadership is by example and seeing what worked and what didn't work. And so nine years later, I've built myself up as a professional Marine, but more as a man. 
right? Like Marine is my, my title. It's here on my chest, but I'm a human first and a man second and a Marine third. So I just feel like this, this organization has done so much to raise me up as a young man. And then now into fatherhood, into being a husband. And then, so my last most life-changing experience was getting married. And I've talked to you guys about that before a little bit in the podcast, but it's coming guys. My wife is going to come on the podcast. Sorry, babe. I'm calling you out. And we're going to talk about our marriage. We're going to talk about the first couple of weeks of our marriage. I'm actually having marriage counselors come on a couple of weeks from now that were there uh, when we were just four months married. Like we were in marriage counseling four months into our marriage. And uh, it was a really tough experience. I had to learn how to let go of selfishness, let go of pride, let go of um, being on a high horse, self-righteousness. I had to let go of competitiveness, like with my own wife, I had to let go of so much of me and become more like Christ. And that right there, that ripping and gutting, I literally felt like a deer carcass that was hanging by the horns and somebody was just slicing me open and bringing out every single piece of entrails and just dumping it. Just like saying, now that's not going to serve you here. And uh, so honestly, like six years later, me and my wife can say we're having an extremely happy marriage, right, babe? And, uh, we're really enjoying it. We're really enjoying life. We're enjoying parenting. We're enjoying each other and we're enjoying friendships around us. And it, like, it didn't come easy. I mean, honestly, I can see why a lot of marriages end in divorce. It, it, seriously, because if you didn't have God at the center of your marriage, this thing would be just a piece of paper, an institution made to keep us together and file taxes together and try to raise kids together. But other than that, like our connection is just based on us feeling loved by each other, but it's not about that. So learning that in my marriage, learning that has made me a better leader, a better man, a better follower of Christ, a better father. Guys, I... I'm so grateful for you sticking around. If you're watching on YouTube, thank you so much for watching. Go ahead and click down below, subscribe, like it, share it, whatever it is that you got to do, guys, if you're on the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for all the returning guests. Guys, if you haven't followed us on Instagram, we are at made to rain All those links are going to be down below. Check out madetorain.org for more podcast resources and other videos that will help you reign in life. Gentlemen, you were made to reign. You were made to conquer. You were made to master finance, fatherhood, health. You were made to conquer your marriage. You were made to reign. Guys, thank you so much for watching. I hope that you enjoyed this episode of the Made to Reign podcast. Man, it feels so good to say that. Peace.